You're now listening to Sound Talent Media. Check out more shows at SoundTalentMedia.com. We got another day of NBA action. And with FanDuel, every night is a watch party. So it's time for your FanDuel crew to make their bets. So, what's the move tonight, gang? You know that new customers who bet $5 get $200 back in bonus bets if you win. Woohoo! We're heating up, fam. Bet all the stars with all your friends and make every moment more only on FanDuel. New customers bet $5, get $200 back in bonus bets if you win. Make every moment more with FanDuel. It goes down in the deal. It go down. It go down in the deal. 21 plus and present in Virginia. First online real money wager only. $10 first deposit required. Bonus issued is non-withdrawable bonus vest that expires seven days after receipt. See full terms at FanDuel.com slash sportsbook. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Night racing is back at Richmond Raceway. This spring, top NASCAR drivers like Ryan Blaney, Chase Elliott, Bubba Wallace, Ross Chastain, and Virginia's own Denny Hamlin will battle under the bright lights. And this historic track also offers a rocking infield experience with unparalleled access to your favorite drivers and one of the best tailgate scenes around. For a weekend of friends, family, and amazing short track action, head to Richmond Raceway, March 29th through 31st. Get tickets now at richmondraceway.com. Welcome to the Pants Cast, brought to you by Lululemon, a show about all things pants. My guest is Matt James, former NCAA player and Lululemon ABC pant enthusiast. Hi, great to be here. Matt, tell us all about those ABC pants. The comfort? They're like the pants I put on when I don't want to wear pants. Versatility? You could wear these pants to a wedding, but you could also wear these to a cookout. And what about style? They're like if casual and cool had a baby. Well, it's clear why you're an ABC enthusiast. Pleasure having you and your pants on the show. Thanks for having us. Find the shockingly comfortable ABC pants at lululemon.com. Whoa, what day is it? What's going on? It is Friday. Oh, you know what? It is Friday. Hold on. There was already an episode released on my... That's right. You're getting a bonus this week. A bonus episode. What a great way to send this week off into wherever it's going. This is actually my first in-person interview since lockdown. Yes, I've released some other in-person interviews, but this is the first one I recorded and... Wow, did it feel good. My dude Charles from Silktone was in Portland hanging out with a bunch of people, including yours truly, and he actually came to the Shred Shed after we ate some delicious Vietnamese food together. We decided, hey, let's record an episode, let's hang out, let's nerd out a little bit. So that's exactly what we did. Now, if you're a patron of the podcast, you heard this weeks ago because I gave it to them early. I don't give everything to them early but I give them a lot of stuff. And I also give additional bonus episodes every week. And right now, while I'm going through GearFest stuff, they are getting a lot of stuff early. So if you would like to support the show, help keep this thing going, and get access to literally, I haven't added it up. I shouldn't say literally, but probably 200 hours of extra content or so. It's all back there. It's all at patreon.com slash tonemob. The link to that will be in the show notes. Again, it's just five bucks a month, and you will get access to all that, including any new bonus episodes that come out down the road, which happen every single week. So thank you very much to everyone who is doing that. It literally keeps the lights on. No joke, it pays the electric bill. So thank you, thank you, thank you to everyone who does that. And if you can, I would really, really appreciate that. 
And if you can't, as always, just spread the word. Please spread the word. Get more people checking this thing out. That's the way it keeps going. So without further ado, let's get into this extra episode with my dude, Charles Henry from Silktone Amps. Here we go. Hello, everyone. Welcome back to another episode of the Tone Mob podcast, the show about guitar stuff occasionally, sometimes. I'm your host, Blake Weiland. With me today, I have Charles. He's back. What's going on, dude? I'm back. Hey, this time in person. This is the first <laughs> in-person podcast I've done in probably two and a half years. Yeah. Yeah. I did one with Dave Hawes in Portland just like maybe the week or two before lockdown. And that was it. Oh, I, I haven't recorded in person none since then. Post COVID, no. Wow, <laughs> this is the first one. <laughs> Crazy, yeah. <laughs> That's cool. So why not? I yeah. haven't seen anyone. You're the first person I've seen. The since. first person ever, ever, ever. <laughs> wow, wow. It's sorry to disappoint. You really should have done better than that. <laughs> I flew all the way here for it. I didn't see anyone on the plane or anything. <laughs> wow, you had an empty plane. Yeah, blindfold. That is amazing. <laughs> Just blindfolded the whole thing. I took the mask and put it over my eyes. <laughs> yeah, double mask, but not how most people do. <laughs> right. <laughs> yeah, that's great. That's wonderful. Well, I'm glad you're here. I'm glad you're safe. And uh, yeah, this is your first time in the Shred Shed. This is a, I hope it lives up to expectations or maybe not. I don't know. It's rad, dude. You got a lot of, I didn't realize how many vintage guitars you had. It's really cool. Yeah, it's, I can quit anytime I want. It's not an addiction or anything like that. It's fine. <laughs> yeah, <anytime. laughs> it's fine. I we should probably cut this short somewhat so I can play that fifty-five before I leave. Oh yeah, you probably should play the junior before yeah, you go. That'd be right. You, you should plug it into this. Uh, this guy Charles makes this really cool amp. It's called the Silk Tone amp. <laughs> I've got one here. You should plug into there, it. There it is. Yeah, yeah. There it, is. it would be cool to hear it in here. Hear it how you hear it. <clears throat> That's a. I didn't really think about that, but yeah, it, it is a little bit, a little bit different experience being in this location. This. This room has a, it's like not the liveliest room, but it does have a little bit of. It's woody though. It's, it's, like it's, it's, it's cool. It has an echo to it. That's a really subtle echo. Not like a clap echo, but, mm -hmm. but yeah, I'd call it, it's not a dead room. No, no, no. And I, I do, I do think things genuinely, I don't, when I record like mic'd up amps and stuff, I don't do that much to them. Like yeah. I'll play with the panning and things like that, but I, I don't. I don't really touch the EQ 99% of the time. That's the way to do it. Yeah. You, you find what works in the room mm -hmm. where it sounds good. And if it sounds good in the room, it should sound good through a good mic, you know? <laughs> so you shouldn't have to do much unless you're going for something totally different than your room sound. You know? Yeah, totally. Yeah. So that actually is a good thing to talk about. I can't remember if I brought this up on this podcast yet or not. And I should say for everyone that's just tuning in for the first time and they're like, who is this guy? Why is he talking to him? Well, this is like I think his third or fourth time he's been on. I think at least at least third. Yeah, time third. he's been on the show. So go back and listen to his old episodes if you're not familiar with Silk Tone or <laughs> Charles Henry. Like you can go back and and educate yourself. We're just gonna be shooting the breeze here. For yeah, this one. there's some long ones before we. You can get the backstory on those. Yeah, yeah. exactly. <laughs> so go back there. We're just gonna be hanging out and nerding out for this episode. So, which you probably figured out by the you know this point in the episode. <laughs> But um, so I don't know if you saw our mutual friend, Chris Benson. He made an amp for Big K.O., who's a guy that's been. Yeah, on the, the Rockbox, right? Yeah, exactly. Yeah, that's cool. Super cool amp. And uh, 
KO was like, hey, do you want to make a video of it where he ships it to me? And I was like, yeah, like have a cool lamp, live here for a yeah. little bit. Yeah, why not? And so I brought it here and I called Chris and I was just like, I think something's wrong with it. Because I played it at a shop, sounded great. Uh-huh. And I brought it here and I was like, oh, there's something, I don't know if a tube's like went bad in transit somehow. I mean, we didn't beat it up or anything, but like, I don't know, something's off. And I was like, let me sleep on it. I'll come back with fresh ears. Maybe I'm just being crazy. Right. And so I came back the next day and I was like, ah, it still sounds, still something's not quite right here. And so I finally was like, Chris, I don't know. This is really bugging me. I'm sorry to do this, but you want to come check this out or I can bring it to you or whatever. And he comes out here and he's kind of worried. He's like, what did I do? And uh he plays it for a little bit and he's like, then he looks around. He's like, dude, I'm like, what? He's like, look where the amp is. It was dead center of the room. Uh, middle. Right in the middle yeah. of the room. So right in the middle of the peak and right equidistant from the walls. Yeah. We took it and cocked it like two and a half feet and just kind of pointed it at an angle. Remiked everything and it was like, oh, that's fine. Changed everything. <laughs> yeah. yeah, you kill all the weird room modes yeah. and cancellation and stuff. That's yeah. Yeah, that it's crazy how big of a factor that plays and like nobody realizes. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I knew about that kind of stuff. Yeah, but I just didn't didn't even I've like I've never had an amp sound bad out here. It was like, yeah, I set it in the center because I was like, oh, I'll film it like this and it'll look really cool. Yeah, no, no, it was uh, it, as soon as we moved it and I like played just a few chords and then went back and like, wow, that sounds a lot better. Went back to <laughs> and listened to the recording. It was like, OK, it's all fine now. Yeah, I barely did anything to that in post, too. So, well, crazy. Yeah, yeah. That's cool. Yeah, they, I've I've told people pull the amps off the wall because everyone I see has them, you know, straight against the wall, mm-hmm. even like the open back ones, you know, and a lot of those are meant to be pulled a little bit out if you have the room for it. Mm-hmm. And it changes the sound drastically. It opens it up. It sounds huge now instead of a tight little box. Mm-hmm. And yeah, placement it can make crazy changes. That's why I was, that's why I was saying it'd be cool to hear that in here to see how it sounds. So I'm so used to hearing it in my studio, my shop, mm-hmm. and we've sound treated that, you know, to sound neutral. So, yeah. uh, so, you know, we did a pretty flat, like 20 to 20, just so it's not, you know, altered by any like room effects and stuff. Mm-hmm. So I go to different dealers and stuff and they'll, I'll, I'll watch them demo the amp. They're like, man, this is nice, real bright. And I'm like, yeah, <laughs> like, <laughs> cause that's the last thing I'd call <laughs> my amp. Right. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. It's, it, it, it changes so much, not just, amp placement in the physical space but also mic placement you know it's huge it's a little less For of sure. an issue with these stealths that i use just because they're so big the yeah. capsule in them is just really large so the surface area it covers more of the speaker mm-hmm. no matter where you put it but it still matters like you put them right in the center of the dust cap and it's it can work with certain things but it's not usually what yeah what you want to do yeah i usually go off center just a little bit not mm-hmm. the edge of the cone or anything but just just a little off center mm-hmm. and then room mics i think for for miking a cab i do i do a mic or two on the cone mm-hmm. and then two room two stereo room mics yeah. and blend all that and it's it, it makes a world of well, difference cuz that's how you actually hear it like yeah. we always see close mic sm57s and stuff right. which is great for for certain purposes but that's like nobody hears an amp like that nobody puts their yeah, ear that close you know, to it and like i mean i just was but <laughs> but but yeah most people don't in general yeah yeah it's not a thing that, that a lot of people do and so you're you know you're used to hearing it 
down on the ground. Yep. You know, and feeling the vibrations from the floor and like all that stuff plays a factor in too because it's literally vibrating your bones. Yeah. And you hear that and you don't realize it. Yeah. It, yeah. It all, it all just blends. It's funny. We'll be sitting there testing pedals and we'll go through a batch of 20 to 50 and just, and test them. And I'll often just sit on the ground, sit on the ground by the amp and hook pedals into test. Mm -hmm. And halfway through, I'm like, man, this amp sounds really good. Like this is a good one. And then I stand up and I'm like, Oh no, it sounds the same. It's all, <laughs> it's all the right side. tripping. Yeah. I just don't usually sit on the ground. <laughs> we, well, and we can psych ourselves out like that too. You know, sometimes, sometimes your ears are just tired or, or fresh, whatever. And it's right. like, Oh, that sounds different to me, but it probably sometimes if you're, if nothing's changed, it probably doesn't sound different. It's just you. <laughs> yeah, dude, I've gotten big into like psychoacoustics and stuff with, uh, like, there, I mean, there's so many armchair critics online just about like behind the whole hi-fi thing because I'm super into, you know, records, my stereo, and I've built all my stereo stuff like we've talked about before. Mm -hmm. And, you know, people will often say that every, anyone who thinks a part matters or changes the sound, whatever, is completely insane and tripping. And other people think the opposite. They think, well, just because you can't hear it doesn't mean it's not there. You're nuts. Mm -hmm. But I've I've read studies where like people will think, like you just said, something sounds different on a given day just because of their mood. You're in a good mood, stuff's gonna sound good. Mm -hmm. You smoke some pot and you get high and you're stoked. <laughs> you listen to it, it sounds better. You right. know, but it, it didn't. Nothing changed. You're nothing. just, yeah. It's just your mood. So everything that you're experiencing is just, yeah, just more pleasing. I guess. Mm -hmm. Yeah, it's uh, humans are weird, yeah. you know. We're speaking of smoking pot. The, <laughs> the only thing that's real is our perceptions, man. <laughs> right, you know, right. like it's uh, it's weird. People get into these internet arguments, you know, and people are like it's clearly this is clearly better than that, and it's like, well, what's better? Like maybe I'm trying to do like harsh noise stuff, and that's better for what I'm right. What I'm doing. What is it's better? all subjective, yeah. right? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> like, but then again, there are times. I mean. There's a really good example that I, I have pointed a few people to um, when it comes to the strings. Um, so, like, you know, the string joy stuff, we run into things all the time where people. Um, they, sorry, my computer's being weird. Whoop. There we go. I just get nervous when I can't monitor the way oh, I yeah. want to. All right, we're good. Um, anyway, this guy was like, I wanted to try these strings and, you know, and I didn't like them. And let me show you why. And so he did an A and B clip with our strings and his favorite strings. And we were like, oh, wow, there is a huge difference. Wow. Good grief. Like these ones sound clearly sound like at first I was like, wait, am I? Oh, am I with the wrong company? Yeah. Well, I was like, what's going on? <laughs> no. And then I realized, no, he what the clip that I've shared with people, every single one that I've like, especially in the company of like, which one do you like better? A or B? And we'll show them. They'll be like, oh, A. I'm like that's ours. Like he had did a really good, cool, like a good demo, good quality, yeah. good recording, and he liked what I considered a way worse sound. And everyone yeah. that I've shown it to so far has been like, "That sounds way worse." But that right. guy liked it better. Yeah. So it's like, oh, we're just never gonna be able to please him because we don't agree on what sounds good. Right. Exactly. <laughs> it's like people that like thrice. You know, mm -hmm. not everyone. <laughs> not <laughs> well, there's people who like them. And there's people who are wrong. You know? uh, that's, that's just that's how it is. Uh, um, 
but yeah, it was just, I, I'm not even faulting the guy. I'm like, he experienced it differently than a lot of other people do. So yeah. to him, it sounded bad. And that's, that's what he went on record to say. That's, that's, yeah, that's it, like, our mutual friend, Nick was, uh, hi Nick. Just, Hey Nick. <laughs> uh, we were talking about, we, you know, he was building pedals and we were in the shop and everything. And me and my other guy, Ryan, mm-hmm. we threw on some jazz. We threw on some, uh, I think it's Dave Brubeck or something. And Nick was just like, this is doing something for you guys. Like you guys enjoy this. <laughs> <laughs> we were like, what do you mean? Yeah, this is, this is great, dude. Like, <laughs> this is amazing. like some of the best jazz out there. Um, and he's just not a jazz guy. He's like, I've never been into it. Like I've never tried, but I've never really been able to. So of course we showed him a few things and we were, trying to show him uh i've been really into this george benson album lately he covers abbey road mm-hmm. um and turns out nick's not much of a beatles fan either <laughs> so we were like damn it what do we show you <laughs> but yeah you know one person's jazz is another person's thrice you mm-hmm. know and that's it just works out but uh yeah it's funny how one person can like a, a terrible sound and one person can like you know like the strings mm-hmm. yeah it was weird it's like the other ones were really tinny and like I was like, wait, did he mix? No. Yeah. He, like, I literally thought he got mixed up and we watched it a couple. I'm like, no, he likes that. Sound he liked right. that. Yeah, that's weird. That, I can't see anyone not liking string joys, not to, you know, toot <laughs> horns or anything, but those, those things are awesome. Thank you. Thank yeah. you. Yeah. It's a, it's a, yeah. some people don't. And that, I mean, honestly, most of the feedback we get, if it's, if it's not positive, I mean, don't get me wrong. There's always haters. Like, but if it's not positive, it's just like, oh, th- they were fine. Yeah. Like there's some people that don't love them and that's fine. Uh, that's, that's just how it's going to be with anything. Right? Like classical players. Mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> They're not nylon. They're not made of nylon, which we, I, we, we'll get to one day. Yeah. Well, that's not high on the list, but we, we have plans because it's actually, believe it or not, we took a survey uh, of our current customers mm. and the number one thing people wanted was bass flat wounds, which was not surprising at all. Right. So we're going to do that. The number two on that particular survey was classical. And I was like, I don't know a single person in my life that plays classical guitar. Yeah. Probably somebody listening to this right now. Like, right. I do. I've told you so many times. <laughs> <laughs> but like, I don't know any classical players. Hmm. And but clearly there are a lot of them. I just they don't seem to run in the same circles. I, at I all. see a few at like the guitar stores every now and then. And mm-hmm. they blow minds every time. Every time. Yeah. But. I I have played a classical guitar, but I'm not, <laughs> not a classical guitar player by any means. I think they sound really cool, like for blues. <laughs> <laughs> I'm like, why? It sounds great, but can you put some fuzz on it? Like, <laughs> yeah, like you really use some more sustain here. Yeah, come on, get it together, guys. But uh, yeah, um, let's speaking of fuzz. Last time you came on, you didn't have a fuzz, and now you do have a fuzz. So we should probably talk about it. A little yeah, bit. tell us about it. You didn't have one either last time I came on, and no. now, now you kind of do. So, oh, I know I fuzz, did. Fuzz had party. Lots of well, <laughs> yeah, I guess so. <laughs> There's a tone uh, mob fuzz. Have you not seen that one? No, I've only seen the pizza fuzz. Oh man, I've got lots of fuzzes. Oh, we'll no talk shit. about it later. Yeah. Well, yeah. All right. Well, the yeah the silk tone fuzz. I keep looking away from the mic. Um, it's cool, man. It's uh, it was. It was born from an idea. We can edit this, right? <laughs> this is live. I totally just brain farted. Um, <laughs> no, everyone's going to yeah. hear it. Everyone's Nick, gonna... edit this. 
Um, <laughs> I guess uh, it is worth noting the Nick we were referring to works for Charles and he also edits this podcast. So thank you, Nick. We love you. Yeah, we love you, Nick. Mm -hmm. Thanks. Um, yeah. So the Silkstone Fuzz is is based on a like an early fuzz face or tone bender like 1.5 mm -hmm. circuit, just that topology. And of course, I've tweaked it to my liking. And the unique thing about it is the bias monitor that we patented i'm calling it the active bias monitor mm -hmm. so it's a little display on the fuzz and it shows your active bias at all times right so um i know you know but for any listeners out there that don't um it's a germanium fuzz just like the originals and the problem with germanium fuzz is is temperature of course mm -hmm. so you you know if i biased it up in my shop to the ideal like four and a half volts um It'd be, you know, let's say in 70 degree weather, you take it to a 90 degree show or something like that. And now it sounds like crap or mm -hmm. it sounds different than you want it to. Um, if you're into that thing, you know, it could sound amazing. But uh, with the bias monitor, you can see and like you take it into a 20 degree hotter room and it'll it'll show you now it's at six and a half volts and you can easily just dial it right back down to four and a half mm -hmm. where it needs to be. Or if you wanted like a gated thing at like eight volts, you could dial it to the eight. And then if you... Like, for instance, if you had it set there and went into a way colder room, it would come way down. So you could put it right back up. Mm -hmm. So it's just a really intuitive and uh, really quick way to adjust for temperature or to just find your favorite bias setting to get the different gated or vintage or like sweet spot tones you could get. And other than that, it's just voiced really well. It's got an input buffer, so you could throw it anywhere. But the journey making the fuzz was was the cool part. Like... I've had this idea for years and I wanted to do it, but I didn't really have, I didn't know enough people in the different industries, like getting to know um, how to do PCBs because I didn't mm -hmm. want to hand wire like a more complex fuzz like this because um, I wanted it to be affordable still. And with the meter showing, it's really hard to drill a square hole. <laughs> so like <laughs> finding the right people and being introduced to like, uh, F5 metalworks and stuff like that that could that could do my enclosures for me. It just opened up so many doors, and I was like, "Holy crap! Like this is this is gonna work." Mm -hmm. So I got it out at the right time, and uh, it's been cool. It's been it's been super fun. Yeah, yeah. I think the uh, the bias monitor is an interesting like it's it's another solution to that problem that offers like maybe you don't like it at four and a half, right? And, I, mean, I don't know who wouldn't. It sounds, it sounds pretty it sounds sweet. great. It sounds pretty half, sweet. But like maybe half. you really want it more spitty or bitey or that yeah. kind of weird sticky thing when it's way over. Uh, it's sometimes that's needed or wanted. And like especially with like bass and synths and different yeah. things that you could throw at it. You might not want it set exactly where a guitar might want to be. Right. You know, and so like if you know, like I like it at eight. Now you can set it to eight and because you wouldn't necessarily know that just by looking at where the knob is right so that fuzz that i was referencing the the or the tone mob 001 fuzz is also got its roots in that circuitry as well yeah it sounds surprisingly like quite a bit different you mm -hmm. know which is kind of interesting because i i know where all these are coming from I'm like wow right. you didn't know you might think these were different like huh. completely different circuits yeah yeah it also has a external bias oh cool but there's no way to know other than the knob placement, like exactly, where, and what you're actually is you're just, it you're germanium your, or it is it germanium? Okay, see, and yeah. then the thing with that too is 
that's what bugged me because yeah it's not like i invented the bias knob like other those have, yeah. have been around but when i've used them before like i'll set it where i like it but again you go to a colder or hotter mm-hmm. room and now that setting isn't that setting anymore right like, so then you have to find you have to find the sound you can't just look at where the knob is placed you know that's where the idea for the the meter came in mm-hmm. yeah the meter is a great idea I, I never would have thought of that but i've I've experienced that same thing where I was going with that. Oh, I should clarify for anybody who just heard about that fuzz for the first time. Yes, I was talking about the germanium version. That was the last version, which was gold and sparkly and beautiful. And if you see those around, that's the germanium. There's a little GE on it if you look close. All of the other ones are silicon. So we're talking about the germanium. Yeah, those I don't want have... anybody to get confused. I'm like, Wait a minute. I have the silver RoboCop version. I thought it was silicon. It is. Yeah. It is. Yeah. We're only talking about germanium. But yes, I noticed that. The germanium version of that is my favorite. But the bias isn't necessarily the bias. You right. know, like as far as what what you're going for. Now granted, I'm usually playing out here, so it's fairly consistent, mm-hmm. but I've definitely noticed it change. And if you had the meter like yours does, right. You would know you could turn it to where then you'd go to buy the number, not where the knob is. Basically. Exactly. That way you can just see it and dial it in rather mm-hmm. than listening for the sound. Mm-hmm. You know, if you're going around to different shows and it's all different temperatures, you don't have to find the sound every time. You can just go, oh, there's my six and a half that I like, mm-hmm. you know, which is a great one also. Six yes. and a half, nice and fat. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Six and a half is good. <laughs> yeah. I like six and a half. Yeah. Yeah. So did you find it like I've, I've seen people try to go both ways. It seems like amp people or amp builders generally have an easier time getting making pedals less not making them per se but selling them like people are more open to the idea of a pedal from an amp company now i've also seen pedal companies try to make amps and while they may be amazing amplifiers people just aren't really into that for some reason yeah is that because i'm not sure why that is do you think it's because like an amp is viewed as like because it's more expensive of course they can make something cheaper because they make expensive things but that doesn't necessarily true they're two totally different things right you know so yeah what, it's what are your thoughts there it, i mean i'm still trying to figure it out i haven't been a pedal company very long you know it's been amps for a little while longer than that but from my understanding it's just a it's a different customer base um in in a big way where it I mean, already we've sold way more fuzzes than we have amps. Like it, oh, it's, sure. it's easier to sell pedals, yeah. you know? So, um, when you have, when you've built a customer base or just a following on your amplifiers and people that like your amps and, and will spend that kind of money, I guess, um, it's easy for them to make the smaller purchase. Yeah. You know what I mean? Whereas if you've attracted a lot of pedal people, pedal people, like pedal people buy new pedals all the time they get addicted and some amp people too do do too i guess but (laughs) but most people are uh yeah most people that are buying pedals all the time yeah they're not gonna go from shelling out 200 or so dollars for a pedal to all of a sudden three thousand for an amp as easy as someone who's signed on as an amp customer would grab the less expensive pedal i think yeah but other than that as far as like like the the cred you get for like n- like trusting an amp company with a pedal rather than a pedal company with an amp i'm not sure i haven't really i haven't really seen that i haven't been on the other side of it so right so i don't know yeah it doesn't ever i can't think of an example this is not entirely true but i can't think of an, of an example where the pedal came first and then the amp I, 
they've done it. Maybe even my friend Wampler, he's he's done it. But the Bravado, while it's a fantastic amp, it's not the main thing that sells for him. Right. Like not even close. Yeah. You know, and he made it as a pedal platform specific amp. You would think like, oh, well, that would be. Yeah. This guy would know. But I mean, I don't I know it's not as big a seller. He sells some. Yeah. But it's not as bread and butter by any stretch of yeah. the imagination. The only one I can think of off the top of my head where the pedals came first is maybe like JHS, but they didn't really make their amps no so. and that was very publicly like with milkman yeah so, exactly that was yeah. a milkman thing so so i don't know if they get the credit for that think one. of of anybody else that's that's done it in recent memory. or even eqd they had they had a one knob really cool looking i never played it but a really awesome looking amp for a very short time right and i don't think it went anywhere hmm. even though people seem genuinely more excited about that one i don't know if maybe there was something else to that story that i'm not hip to but like yeah i remember when that came out i was like whoa that looks amazing yeah but yeah who knows maybe someday the other thing too is i what i've noticed and i think i've talked to a couple of people about is most amp companies that make pedals myself included is mostly fuzzes and boosts maybe a delay mm-hmm. <laughs> you know like it's nothing too like crazy complex like all these other like major pedal companies are doing nowadays. Right. Like so, that Maris one we were just Right. At. That's it's yeah. nothing like that. You don't have a you know you don't have a PlayStation 5 built into the <laughs> built into right. the uh built into the display. Yeah. Yeah. It's a it's an interesting it's an interesting world we live in because like sometimes you know I, I we used to Scott and I used to talk to this guy. I can't remember what his roots were exactly, but he had made a bunch of guitar based brands over the years. Um, and his thing was always make a new brand when you have a new product. And I think that's true to a degree, but like, I think that can get kind of messy at some points. I think there are like, well, like for instance, we talk about this all the time with string joy. We're like, if we can't really do string joy, you know, guitar amps, that wouldn't really make any sense. Right. If we were going to get into amps, which we're not, but if we were like, it would have to be a different brand. Right. Like silky tone. You know. <laughs> <laughs> uh, no, no, but like, but we could do like, we, we do straps for instance. That makes sense. Like yeah. that fits in the same kind of accessories category. Uh, even there for a while, we were actually talking about making guitars, but obviously not under our, brand name and we were going to work with another local luthier that ended up getting shelved for the time being but we were like it can't be string joy guitars right it seems weird like that doesn't make any sense but some accessories can live together and it's weird because at, at the end of the day oftentimes they come from the same place from- now do you think that's because of what you make or because of the name probably a little of both yeah but then again that could be completely just like self-imposed made up thing. Mm. It's probably mostly because of the name in that case. Cause like Ernie Bald as well with music man, those right. are very well respected, really nice instruments. And I don't think it suffers by being associated with Ernie Bald. Yeah. You know? So, you know, who knows? I guess there's exceptions to every rule. It's just, how do you want to think about it? Yeah. Yeah. It's yeah. I could see in the right circumstance, being able to cross over like that and get into different stuff where it's like, cause I thought about that with the pedals too, where it's like, okay, you know, I have silk tone amps. The pedals are, yeah, it feels like it's still in the same field where of course mm-hmm. it'll still just be silk tone. I trying to think of a product that I wouldn't do under the name silk tone. Hmm. I don't know. Would you like, I know this isn't your wheelhouse, but would you do a guitar? 
under that brand. Like if, I feel like it if, almost works. Yeah, if I were to do a guitar, I've thought about that. If I were to do a guitar and partner up with a luthier or, you know, someday get bored and learn how to do it myself. Um, yeah, <laughs> yeah I'm probably, sure you'll have plenty of time for that. It'd probably, yeah. <laughs> yeah. It'd probably work under that name. I, I think, think so. I think it would work. Yeah. I mean, dude, I could do coffee beans under that name. It, it kind of works for... It's a pretty for... good name. It's a pretty good, like, yeah, I'm like, I trust that. Yeah. yeah. Silktone soap. I mean, it, yeah. w- it would work. I give, thank you. I think if you go to silktone.com, because my website is silktone.org. Yeah. Silktone.com is like a, a Chinese makeup company. Okay. So... <laughs> and that actually... Okay, that makes sense. I get it. Right. Yeah. yeah you got silky skin tone. Yeah. You know? <laughs> yeah. We should do a collaboration. Oh, that's... <laughs> Yeah, dude, that's that's funny. Yeah, it's wild how when you really start to think about, you know, going down the brand name rabbit hole and branding rabbit hole. It's hard. It's it's really hard. It's really hard. It's fun. Like it's a fun creative exploration, but without fail, the first twenty names or or anything that you'll come up with will be taken. Oh yeah, if they're good. If you're like, this is a great name. I'm Mm -hmm. so stoked to use this. Oh, somebody's already got it. Yeah, and especially if if you're talking about our space, which is a musical instruments and accessory space. Technically, anything that has ever been used to call for a musical instrument or accessory, even if you got the trademark on it, if it was used before, technically, you could lose it. Yeah, they have they have the rights. Yeah. Or I don't know if you would lose it if the trademark's not active for them anymore because they can't enforce it. You just can't prevent them from, yeah, from using yeah, it also. Exactly. Right? So, but yeah, you... You lose it in most, yeah. in most cases. <laughs> well, it's a, I mean, there was a we were we were racking our brains for it. We got a, several string joy releases coming this year, hopefully, as long as everything goes well. And we come up with some names we really liked, and one of them I was like, ah, one of my friends has that name. Uh, it's a completely different product. Yeah. Uh, it's still in the musical instrument space though, and so I was like, all right, just let me call him, see what. It, it. I was like, hey, can we use this for this? And he's like, yeah, I don't care. I was like. Can you text me that? <laughs> and he's like, sure, you can use the name, whatever. Like, but it was like, it was a retired product that he's making, yeah. but technically he owns the name to it. And so I had to, I know that's not like the, uh, it's not like getting lawyers involved, which I wouldn't want to do in the first place, but yeah, I had to get his permission before we could do it. Yeah. Most people are cool. And if yeah. you're cool about asking, most people go, oh, yeah, right on. Yeah. It's- as long as it doesn't like, you don't want it to be confusing. Like if another yeah. string company was like, can we, can we call ours the Foxwood? Like, no, yeah. you can't do that. Yeah. But, that's, that's too, but too, if it's too like close. completely, I don't want to say like that pedals and strings or guitars and pedals are like completely different, but as long as it's, I don't, I don't th- I think if like, if somebody come out with a, a, a guitar called the governor, I don't think Mar- anyone would get that confused with the Marshall pedal. Yeah. Like, not really. Isn't there a speaker called that too? I like, think so. There's yeah, there's yeah. like an eminent speaker or, or something called mm-hmm. the governor. Yeah. And yeah, they just those kind of names get thrown around. Well, even with ideas like like the fuzz, for instance, my my soaked on fuzz. Mm-hmm. When I came, like the idea for the meter hit me because I was testing my circuit. You know, I was testing my circuit and I would come out every morning because it, you know, it took more than a day. Well, and uh <laughs> no way. Mm-hmm. So every morning I'd come out and I'd come out to a cold garage because, you know, in the afternoon, it'd be up to like 85, 90 degrees because I don't have AC out there or I didn't when I was designing it. And I'd come out the next morning and it'd be like 60. Mm -hmm. (laughs) And I'd I'd go, like, 
sometimes I'd go, whoa, this sounds cool. And sometimes I'd go, what the hell happened to this thing? <laughs> and of course I go, oh, damn it, the bias. Because as much as I know better, I would often forget. Yeah. <laughs> and, and I'd have to bias it back up. And that's when it hit me like, holy shit, like it'd be super cool if it, people, everyone could do this. If everyone could just see what voltage it's at, like all of us techs do, mm-hmm. and we could they could put it where they like it. Cause I, I was designing the thing. So I was trying to find the bias that I liked for the pedal. So I was voicing it. And when I got the idea to do that, I was of course like somebody's already had to have done that. It's, right. it's it, the fuzz face has been out for almost 60 years. There's no way this hasn't been done Surely. before. Right. And I like, I couldn't find anything online. I, I called a patent attorney. They couldn't, they did a search. They couldn't find anything. I called several friends in the industry that know pedals more than I do. And I was like, has this been done? And they're like, holy shit, no. <laughs> <laughs> so, so I did it. I moved forward with it. But, but yeah, like you said, most of the good ideas people have, it's like, yeah, for sure. It's been done. Mm-hmm. There's, there's so much time and stuff out there now. No, not always. And sometimes that's with sometimes it comes down to even down to like business operation things. Yeah. Sometimes like Scott and I, because we will talk for hours and hours about the tiniest minutia that people would think were absolutely insane. But that's like, my favorite part of the, <laughs> of the business stuff. Yeah. yeah. And so like, like what shade of blue should we have that checkout button? Because right. like, it's and it really does take that level of detail sometimes not all the time sometimes we definitely go too far but where was i going with that oh there are times where we've like looked at the string market and what people have done you know to make that work for them in different ways and sometimes we've come up with ideas that we haven't we have never seen done before Mm -hmm. we're we're like why is nobody ever focused on this particular sector right you know like this sector, you know, I don't want to give too much away, but like there's a certain sector uh, that should be very obvious of the string market that does a tremendous volume of, of strings that has not really ever been served all that well. Hmm. When you look at all the offerings from literally everyone else and it's like, well, they probably use like 10% of the overall strings that are actually produced. Why yeah. is nobody serving them in an effective way? And so it's kind of a, an interesting thing we stumbled across the other day and we were like, somebody surely has come up with this idea already. Yeah. I don't think they have. Yeah. Or if they or they tried it and it didn't work and we're about to stumble into some big mess. But... <laughs> That's cool though. But yeah. I don't I don't think so. I think it it it's pretty logical. Sometimes things haven't been done simply because they haven't been done. Right. And there's no you might it doesn't take a genius. It's just like somebody to try it. Yeah. You know? And I mean, going against what I just said about how there's been so much time and so much stuff out there, when you think a bit about it in the in the big picture, like this stuff's all fairly new, you know? Like, yeah, that's true. Less than a hundred years. Mm-hmm. Are you kidding? <laughs> you know, I mean, even like, the electric guitar in general. The, yeah, I know. That's what yeah, I mean. Yeah. Like that. Yeah, it's all relatively new. Mm-hmm. But what you were saying before about the little tiny stuff that you don't think matters, I think that stuff's matters a lot like where maybe no one will ever notice the shade of the checkout button and go man i like what they did with this checkout button right (laughs) it's but it's a sum of all uh parts thing you know Mm -hmm. so it all comes together into an experience and i've i've had a lot of friends be critiqued over the level of detail they put into things even that like a local coffee shop or something Mm -hmm. like dude nobody cares what way you align the chairs or whatever you know but 
it's this booming, bustling coffee shop. So obviously people do, <laughs> you know, maybe without and it's, realizing it, without realizing it. Exactly. That it's because it's not the level of attention you put into one detail. It's the fact that you did that with everything and it comes together and it's this big curated website or coffee shop or amplifier or pedal or guitar. Mm -hmm. And now you have this amazing thing where not one individual little thing would make the difference probably, but just the fact that you did that with everything. Now you have something special. I think a really good example of this in like real time action is Disney. Oh. <laughs> you, you know, like, yeah. like if you look at, 90% of the movies they put out, even just the movies alone, like the animated movies. Right. Look at an animated movie from Disney versus another studio at the same time frame. The difference is stark. Oh, it's uh, insane. And, yeah. the, and it took a million hours of little tiny details to yeah. make it that drastically different. And then that that goes through, I mean, criticize the company all you want, but there's no denying that they've made like the essentially they are like the first, one of the original content companies. They made some of the best content on the planet. Right. And they wrote and they wrote Star Wars. And they wrote Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's how that's how I understand it. Isn't that it, how it right? works? Yeah, that's how that's how I understand it. But they, you know, and even that, well actually that's a really good why I was thinking of it is my friend just went to Florida and went and checked out the whole Star Wars thing and he was like the level of detail in every square inch of that place yeah. would blow your mind. He's like, if you ever go, I'm like, I'm not that interested in going to Disney World, but I know I'm going to be there at some point. I got kids. Have you <laughs> been to the Disneyland one? I have not been to, I've been there, but not since that. Not to been. the Star Wars land yeah. thing? Dude, it's insane. That's So you can speak to it. So it's like, he's like, everything, everything is branded, basically. I was sitting, we were sitting in line for like, I don't know. It was like an hour and a half. I won't wait in a crazy five hour line, mm -hmm. but we were in line for like an hour and a half to get on the millennium Falcon ride at, which was awesome. You get to pilot the millennium Falcon. Yeah. Um, <laughs> but I remember sitting there and just like looking up at the set and being like, dude, people had to do this. Mm -hmm. Like, look at this crazy stuff going on. Like this used to be nothing. And now it is this grand, this whole land got, put together like just the level of thought and detail and work to go into it like the designers and then even the builders just putting that meticulous level of detail into mm -hmm. it it's crazy and i feel like i appreciate that more now after like designing my own products and an amplifier is not a giant you know <laughs> fucking five square mile <laughs> like adventure park but yeah but you you notice that kind of stuff so you do yeah it's crazy you and you're right it's 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 not the fact that they you know hit an imperial symbol on that one rock it's that they did it on all of the rocks yeah like everywhere and yeah. you know that's just one example they they did they did they knew that the details do matter even if people don't notice them yeah like it's the, like you said it's the sum of all the parts rather mm -hmm. than the parts themselves yeah <clears throat> so yeah i mean and that's that's i think true with just about any endeavor you want to pursue i mean music mm -hmm. like Sometimes it's cool just to throw down an acoustic guitar real quick and just like scratch track and be like, all right, it's good. Let's roll. Yeah. With it. Sometimes that's fine. But sometimes, you know, you want to play with the panning on every single individual track and right. automate it up and down and backwards and everything yeah. else. Like sometimes get diving in, even though when listening, you may not understand fully what's going on, but mm -hmm. that movement that it creates makes a different experience. Yeah. You know? If you care about it and put the, the thought and effort into it, 
that that's what people will appreciate whether it's a subconscious thing or not i mm -hmm. think yeah 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 the devil is in the details as yeah. they say yeah well man um we haven't been going for too long but I do have to uh, transport you to your Airbnb here shortly. Oh, yeah. So uh, is there anything you want to leave the people with on this little uh, bonus episode we just decided to do last minute? Um, Plus, you got to play the junior still. So. Yeah, I do have to play that junior still. Um, I did want to ask, what was your favorite when you played the fuzz? Because you played the Soaktone fuzz. What was your... Uh favorite setting and what was your favorite guitar you played through it well favorite guitar i played through it was uh was my gres mendocino because we had our little doom <sighs> band session there for a you know couple minutes and that we should have recorded that we should have that recorded was that. Rad. it sounded good <laughs> yeah <laughs> i was on drums while blake played the uh the fuzz through the vincent and everything and man it was rad it sounded awesome <laughs> it was i super think it, fun. i think i was set around eight there oh nice i think so yes yeah. eight in the raw setting Fuzz, yeah, fuzz all the way up, clean all the way down. Yeah, which it, is like my life. It lets the <laughs> yeah the uh, it lets the bass through on that raw silk mode, the mm -hmm. or the raw mode. Sorry, it's yeah. called on the pedal. But yeah, that that Mendocino baritone, I I used my own to make sure that all worked properly. <laughs> so uh, well, I was so playing was cool. a standard tune guitar, my yeah. Roni Oceana, which is one of my favorite guitars, but. I said, wait a minute, I have to try something else before we before we start podcasting. Yeah. Uh, so I grabbed the the baritone because I, I love that guitar. I play it pretty much every day. Uh, and that's one of my benchmarks for dirt pedals now is like, mm. how does it play with baritone? And if it doesn't play well with baritone, it's not ever going to be my favorite dirt pedal, <laughs> you know? By the same token, I do have a fuzz by a company I won't talk about. Uh, not not because I don't want it to sound like I'm trashing them. I'm not mm. trashing them. It sounds amazing on baritone and low tunings and bass. Uh, and that's kind of how it was designed, but it sounds honestly kind of like trash on standard tuning, uh. you know? And I know that you don't have to do it both that way. Yeah. I know it can work for both. Yeah. It's it, a, yeah. I mean, I made sure the baritone worked, but I, <laughs> you know, my focus was a, a standard tuned guitar yeah. for sure. So, yep. You get those cool sounds out of it. Oh, yeah. It ripped. I yeah. love that. Um, so, yeah, everybody, make sure you check out Charles' stuff. If this is the first time you've heard him, definitely go back to the previous episodes. First one, we just kind of got to know him a little bit. Second one, we went heavy and dark and deep. And uh, that was not, fun. That was that was that was the two parter. So was, this is the fourth episode, but it's okay. the third time we've that's we've right. done it. That's, that's right. how yeah. that's why I'm thinking. Four. Yeah. Yeah. So that was actually yeah, it was like a two and a half our episode i put it out in two parts so go back and check those out they are back to back um and that way you can get to know charles a little better and i hope you enjoyed this nerd session yeah and check out the amps too definitely check out the amps <laughs> definitely well dude thank you so much for uh, hanging out this is awesome yeah thanks for having me it's awesome to see the shred shed not through instagram for once so <laughs> it's awesome i love what you've done here yeah we've been needing to do this for a long time so yeah uh we got some more guitars to play so I'll talk to you later everybody see ya for Charles, this is Blake, and as always, folks, good luck and good tones. There you have it, folks. Make sure you go check out all of Charles's stuff, his amps, his pedals, the fuzz. Check it all out at silktone.org. Link to that is in the show notes. And if you want to know more about Charles, and trust me, you do, check out his previous episodes. In the first one, we dive into a more standard Tone Mob episode, 
And then he came on a few other times. Actually, it was one conversation split into two parts because it was kind of long. Uh, they're released back to back, though. Go check out that episode because he's really went through some stuff. And it was really inspiring to hear a story of somebody coming out of a bunch of difficult times. You know, that's always a good thing to hear. And he is definitely somebody who has done that. So go check out his older episodes if you have not already. And make sure you check out the Silktone Amps. And again, if you like this kind of stuff, if you want more of it, Patreon.com is the place to get more of that. And for five bucks a month, you can keep this thing going and get bonus content for your ears. So thank you very much to everyone who tunes in every week. Seriously, it means so much. Please share this with somebody. Share this podcast with a friend. It may take, it may take some effort. My friend Eddie, I think I said this recently, literally had to like sit there with me and have me look up clips for what is now one of my favorite podcasts. So sometimes that's what it takes if you really want to get somebody into a show. And uh, I know you don't want to be that annoying person, but you know, it would help me out a lot. I'd appreciate it. So thank you very much again. I appreciate you. And I'll talk to you very, very soon. See you on the internet. One last thing before we totally sign off here, I just want to remind you that if you do any shopping at Stringjoy, that's Stringjoy Guitar Strings made in Nashville, that will help me out as well. As I've said for years, I'm heavily involved in that company, and I really do think they're making the best products on the market. So if you would like to try custom strings, go to ToneMob.com Stringjoy and check them out today. I seriously, seriously, seriously love what the team down there is doing. I help them out with all kinds of things, and by you supporting them, you are also supporting me as well. And hey, you need some strings, so why not get some custom strings just for your guitar and playing style? Again, the link for that is tonemob.com stringjoy, and that will take you right to their website and you can do all your shopping through there, and that will help everyone involved out. So thank you very much. Talk to you next time. We are brought to you by the wonderful folks at Gun Street Wiring Shop. Yes, Gun Street Wiring Shop. I've talked about them before. I used to say based out of Bend, Oregon, but guess what? Sean moved to my neck of the woods. Sean's in Portland. Sean is awesome and has helped me with a bunch of stuff lately. And if you have wiring needs for your guitar, he can help you too. If you want to get weird with it, he can get weird. If you just need to spruce things up a little bit, there's your guy. He takes all the guesswork out of doing your guitar wiring, and he makes it simple, and his customer service is top-notch, and I can't say enough good things about Gunstory as a company. I really respect Sean and what he's all about, and the product is top-notch. I've got three different guitars that now have Gunstreet harnesses in them, and I could not be happier. So go to GunstreetWiringShop.com and check them out.